This is Innovating a Bright Future. Welcome to the show. We are back with another episode this week. As always, I'm your host, Avery Kreiwald, with Innovating a Bright Future, where I walk you through the innovative and revolutionary technology driving climate action and laying the foundation for a sustainable future. Today, I'm talking to two University of Calgary students, Nuha Sheikh and Hannah Wolde-Gabriel. These two incredible students are a part of Project 90, which is an engineering student organization that are dedicated to, quote, engineering for the 90%. They often work on implementing the design and concept ideas that are generated by engineering students at U of C, and they're trying to, like they say, implement engineering for the 90% of people that don't typically benefit from the best sources of engineering. Today, they're walking me through their project in Harbachule, and I really have nothing else to add to this conversation. They did an amazing job of talking about their project and their team, so I'll see you in the outro. Enjoy. Okay, so now I'd like to welcome Hannah Wolde-Gabriel and Nuha Sheikh from Project 90. Project 90 is an engineering club that provides support for nonprofit organizations. Now, if you remember back to one of the first episodes of season one, I did an episode with Duncan Lucas and his project to bring solar power to a community in Ethiopia. That was through a nonprofit called Hope Ethiopia. And like Duncan, a group of students also from University of Calgary have designed a similar project for the same organization, Hope Ethiopia. And those students who designed the project couldn't be here for this interview, but Hannah and Nuha are from Project 90, which is supporting Hope Ethiopia, and they're the team that's actually going to make that project into a reality. So is there anything you guys want to tell me about yourselves or your project? Okay, sounds good. Um, my name is Nuha. Thanks for the introduction. Um, and I'm currently in my third year of software engineering at the University of Calgary. Uh, in relation to Project 90, I'm currently co-president of the club. And one of the projects that we are currently helping make a reality is our light project, which is the name of this project, Bringing Solar Panels to School in Harbachule. I'm very passionate about Project 90, and it's, it's a very integral part of my uh, university career. Um, but I'm just going to hand it over to Hannah to quickly introduce herself as well. Hi, my name is Hannah Walter-Gabriel, and I'm in my third year of electrical engineering. So my position within Project 90 is I'm a co-project manager of the light project specifically. My entire position is just based on making sure that this project is implemented, hopefully by the time COVID is over and we have all of our logistics figured out. We're trying to bring 50 computers into Ethiopia and making sure that they're not dependent on electricity that's not available. So like we're trying to bring the computers and making sure they're powered by solar panels that we're going to build. From what I understand of your project, it's centered on like education and making sure that youth of these communities especially are getting the information and the resources they need to be educated when they go out into the world. You're looking at this small village of Harbachule, and you're trying to bring the power of the internet into these homes through computers and then renewable energy, which is a very forward-thinking objective to have. So I'd like to ask, 
What do you think is the importance of education, especially in developing countries where they might have lacked education in the past? Where we are implementing the project, there is already a high school. And from talking to Hope Ethiopia, talking to the teachers, they have realized there's a big gap between education that people in other parts of the world are getting. So we have access to digital learning while in Harbutrulay, even though they actually have computers, because of the lack of electricity, the usage is like very, very low. So when they do go out into society, even in Ethiopia, because they do come from a very rural area, they're very behind because right now, almost everybody, even like in developing countries, has access to electricity and the internet, right? But in these villages, they basically have no access. So like even if they get their computer to work for Word or Excel, that's a great thing. But the internet is very inaccessible. So just by making sure that they do have this connection of being able to use the internet, they're going to be more prepared when coming into like the Ethiopian society and in general, like the global society. Anything to add to that, Nuha? Yeah, I think it's just that we realize that we're, I guess, very privileged to be able to have access to digital learning and be able to go to university and have access to all these amazing resources. We're both very grateful, but providing other people with access to that gives us a, a fulfillment. And that's, I guess, what Pradhanani is about. Our like slogan is engineering for the 90%, so giving back to the communities that don't really get the effects of the engineering. Because most engineering is used for like innovation, but we want to like kind of push our engineering for the people or communities who don't really feel the impact of it. Yeah, we realize our privilege, we realize how good of a position we are, and we just and want to give the people the same opportunity as us. So that's, I guess, our main motivation for completing the project, pushing the project forward. Like, I think education is very important too. It's very powerful. As a current student, I think my degree is something that's very valuable to me. I think Hannah can say the same as well. Yeah, education is something that really gives you power and you can lay out your own playing feet into the world. And we're providing uh, digital media to a school. So I think that's a very, very rewarding experience for us all. Yeah, I want to get into a little bit more about Project 90 and how that's progressed a little bit later. But I want to start by asking more about what exactly this project is going to look like. What are the pieces of it? What are the things that you guys are specifically wanting to implement to make this happen? What's the outcome that you guys are looking for? So basically what we want to implement in this project is currently I'm going to talk about our team structure uh, because that kind of stems into how we're making things work. So basically our team consists of two project managers. So Hannah and her co-project manager, which is Misuma. And uh, Hannah and Masuma kind of handle the logistics of it, making sure there's proper communication with Hope Ethiopia, which is the NGO who's helping us in uh, And then we also have technical leads. We have uh, electrical technical leads, which help with the solar panel aspect of the connection to the grid, all that good stuff. And then we have mechanical technical leads, which will help with the installation of the solar panels and the safety of the solar panels as well. Our goal is basically to provide power to 50 PCs, which Hope Ethiopia will fund and provide. We are currently getting funding for the solar panels, the stuff that's going to hold the solar panels down. And I think Hannah can add more to this because she is the project manager to it. Yeah, the end goal is to have either um, 50 PCs or 50 working laptops in Harbutule, and that is completely powered by the solar grid that we're going to provide to the school. So this just makes sure that like the school has access to power independent of the electricity that's already in the village. 
So this just gives the school a chance to have digital learning. There's two schools, like there's an elementary and a high school, and we want to make sure that we're helping from the beginning. So we'll be implementing the solar grid in both schools, and we'll be dividing the PCs equally. So we'll have 25 in the elementary school and 25 in the high school. So that's the plan as of now. And the goal is just to make sure that no matter the circumstances in the school, that they have access to these PCs. And we're going to make sure that they're able to charge if they have phones. Like, for example, when talking to the principal, sometimes he doesn't have access to the internet and he'll disappear for a week. Stuff like this, like that's what we're trying to prevent because people who are also trying to help are in a situation where they want to help their students, right? But they're not able to. So that's our main goal. So it sounds like they already have some of it. They have some of the infrastructure up. I mean, they have a school. You guys are making it that much more accessible and reliable, I guess would be the word. Like it's always going to be there once you guys have built this out. That's kind of the goal. So how did this project come into your view? How did Danielle and all the other members of the project team that designed it come to you and ask you for your help to actually make this happen? I worked with Danielle on another project with Project 90 and Hope Ethiopia, actually. So she was a project manager of Malawi Water Project. While working throughout the process, she learned that I used to live in Ethiopia. So she thought this would be a great passion project for me. And when she told me about it last year, I would say, and I read about the project, I realized how much this could be a help to Ethiopia because I've seen how disadvantaged a lot of communities are. 70% of the Ethiopian population lives in villages and doesn't have access to clean water or electricity. So like this idea of having a solar grid in places where most of the people can't even imagine where like their next meal is coming from. And I've seen it in real life. I, I was inspired. So which is why I reached out to Project 90. And that's how it came into my view. Danielle and Luke, people who are part of this capstone project, uh, were both also previous members of Project 90. I, I'm actually quite happy that they thought that we would be the perfect club to like, or the perfect organization to pass it down to, to like execute properly. That's kind of how it worked out. It was kind of inheritance fodder from our, our previous Project 90 members. Yeah, that's how it came into our view. And um, I'm really glad Hannah is a project manager on this project because uh, she's very, obviously very passionate about it. And uh, she does great work as well. So no, that's good. So that's how it came to you. Where does it go from here? What's the next step to this project? Obviously, it's been kind of designed in concept by your other team, and now it's been passed on to you to make it happen. How do you make it happen? So currently, we are getting funding for our project. We're applying several different grants internally at the University of Calgary and externally as well. So obviously, we need money to somehow get the equipment to Ethiopia, get ourselves to Ethiopia and fund our stay in Ethiopia as well while we like kind of install everything. That's been kind of our recent goal, just organizing our funds so that we actually are able to implement this successfully. So as of now, our goal is to have this project implemented by our current team. Right now, again, as it is uncertain only because there is the new COVID variant, like we don't know how travel is going to be. And there's also conflict in Ethiopia, which has been the new problem that we're working on, like figuring out how that will work with a big team traveling to Ethiopia, right? So 
But if all of things do go as planned, it's going to be our team. Uh, mainly our technical team is going to be the one that's going to implement the project. So they're able to use the skills that they have acquired so far to basically implement the project. And we also have support from people within the community who are willing to help. So we've already been talking to an engineer in Ethiopia and he's very willing to help. So we will have help there, but mainly it's going to be done by University of Calgary engineering students. Yeah, exactly. Like things are very uncertain right now because because of the whole COVID situation. And we obviously don't want to send Project 90 members to get stuck in Ethiopia. So we have taken into account a lot of safety measures. We have to plan this very effectively and the timing as well, because we don't want to send our members and then have a whole situation where they can't come back or there's something that's happening uh, that that's out of our control. We obviously want to take into account the safety of our members before we do send them. And if it isn't possible like this year, it's totally fine and okay if we do it in the summer as well. The safety of our members is our priority. We know we can get the project done. It's just when is the best time for our members going to Ethiopia and for the, the school in Ethiopia as well. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's kind of the world is in chaos right now. So the fact that you guys are even trying to make this happen right now while the world is in the state that it's in is impressive. I want to learn a little bit more about Project 90. Like how long has your organization been around? Is it relatively new or is this more of a legacy thing that you guys have inherited? Uh, it's definitely a legacy. Project 90 was founded in 2011. So it's been around for quite a while. I think I was 12 years old in 2011. So that's that's been a really long time. So yeah, we've, we've kind of inherited it. There's been, I think, seven presidents so far uh, in Project 90. And we've had several projects that we've come to completion, a lot with Hope Ethiopia, a lot with several other organizations, such as like Variety, Grit, um, a lot of local organizations, a lot of international organizations as well. Project 90 has been around for a really long time. Our original founder, what he found that was that his engineering wasn't really affecting. He couldn't combine volunteerism with his engineering degree. And I think those were his like core values. Like he loved the science aspect and like the development aspect of his of his degree, but he didn't find that he could apply it to uh, volunteerism, giving back to communities, right? He co-founded Project 90. And the slogan for Project 90 is engineering for the other 90%, as I mentioned before. So it's engineering for the communities that don't really receive the help from engineering. So that's kind of how Project 90 came about. We've maintained our vision. Uh, we've had uh, two to three projects every single year that we've either completed the design implementation for and then passed forward to uh, next year, or we've actually had uh, several projects to completion. One to mention is a water tower that we built in Haiti. We actually had a trip to Haiti where we actually implemented the, the water towers. That was very fun and very rewarding as well. So yeah, that's a little quick background about Project 90. Do you want to highlight any of the kind of other projects that you guys have looked at or worked on either this year or for upcoming years or in past years? Like what are the kind of projects that you guys are working on? For example, currently this year, we have um, another project in Ethiopia as well. So it's called the Orchard Irrigation. And it's also just meant to design an irrigation system in Harbichula as well. So it's basically to make it efficient for the people in Ethiopia to have apple orchards that they could basically use for themselves or sell. So that's one of the projects that we're working on. There's also a project that I was involved in last year was in Malawi. And it was to provide, again, computers for people in Malawi to make sure they have access to digital learning. 
and there's also a project in Rwanda. So like from the Africa side, it's not just based in Ethiopia. Like we try to reach as many countries. So just to add on to that, the project in Rwanda is our redesign project. Our civil team or the civil team that we recruited this year is currently working on designing a children's playground and a children's school in Rwanda that actually provides a lot of hands-on experience for civil engineers and mechanical engineers while also designing and implementing a children's playground and a children's school. So overall, great project. We also have this year a project where we're developing a web application and a mobile application. So uh, branching out more to the software field, an application to help keep track of water slides in Ethiopia as well. That's targeting a different field in engineering. We have four different projects this year. Projects that I've previously worked on before coming into this role. We previously worked with Variety and Grit, where we, and this was in Calgary, we've, uh, modified uh, ride-on toy cars, like the electric toy cars for children with children with disabilities. So they could also like uh, use them and have fun with them. Super fun. I got to learn about a lot about Arduino programming and uh, electrical engineering while also helping very cute little children uh, have fun. So uh, again, very rewarding project. Pretty much everything that's non-conventional of engineering you guys are working on. It's not necessarily just in developing countries. It's everything. Okay, well, I think that with the world and the state that it is, with all the challenges that everyone's facing right now, it's becoming increasingly apparent that young people and students want to make a difference. People who are looking to make change look to students and young people like you guys who are making change for inspiration. So hopefully through this podcast, people will hear about you and be inspired to take their own action and make their own change. So what would you say to those individuals who are looking to you as examples of how you can get this done? Is there somewhere to start? Is there a good starting point for someone who's looking to make positive change in the world? Or what would you say to them? I think I would say find like-minded people. So people who actually also want to make a difference in the community and want to use their skills to make a difference in the community or what, whatever they can bring just to make a difference. So I think having a support system and having a group of people with the same goal as you is really, really important. That's what Project 90 is for me. I, I have a role of leadership, but like, like I wouldn't be able to like accomplish these projects and these things that I want to do without having an effective team and team that shares the same goals as, as I do and the same goals that Project 90 does, right? So I would say find people or find a group of friends or find anybody who shares the same goal as you. Just like reach out to people as well. So if you reach out to NGOs and ask just how can I help? Can I volunteer with you? Can I join a trip with you? Can I can I help in any way? Can I help with fundraising? So I'll sorry, that was my emails. <laughs> but yeah, just just reach out. And it's really important if you want to make a difference to have a good team. I think it's a quote that I've read previously, like the bigger the dream, the better the team that you need to have. It's really important to have an effective, hardworking and passionate team. And I feel like Project 90 has very hardworking and passionate people do help these projects come to a reality. And also, as a young person, you have a lot of drive and motivation to make a difference. Don't lose that. Like, keep that and like do something with it because it's it's going to be very rewarding for you and it's going to be fulfilling for you. And you're going to be like, okay, like when you're like 60 or something, you're going to be like, oh, I actually like helped people. And like my life was worth it because I actually made a difference in not just my own life, but other people's life as well. So um, one of my advices would be to start somewhere. 
it's always I feel like the hardest part is finding what you do want to help with or once you do find it it's just there's always this idea of can I do it right so I just think like starting out just like Nuha said like by reaching out to so many organizations do need help and if you are willing to help to learn you don't even have to come in knowing everything right you could always learn as you help so just like being aware like it's okay not to know what you want to do yet but just dedicating your time itself is one thing, right? So I think that's the main thing is just being able to start somewhere instead of like waiting for the opportunity to find you, you have to find your like you have to find it yourself. And then just grow. Like when I first started, I was in Project 90 as a member, like I just wanted to be able to help in any way possible. But as time went on, I was able to grow within the same club. So I think it's just reaching out and finding small ways to help your community. Awesome. Those are both great answers. That's pretty much all the longer answer questions that I have for you guys. But I have just a couple short questions that I want you to each answer as fast as you can, if you're up for that. Uh, Hannah and I, we've done like interviews for Project 90 members and we have like uh, a fast round like this. And we always like, I think we have more fun asking them than people answering them. So go ahead. (laughs) Perfect. Okay. For each of these, we'll start with Nuha and then go to Hannah just to make it simpler so there's no confusion. Okay, my first question is, if you can describe your work in one word, what would it be? Rewarding. Passionate. Okay, second question. What's your favorite part of what you're working on? My team. That's two words. Sorry. <laughs> no, it can, be, it can be just that one was one word. The rest can be more than one word. The final outcome, like what I'm waiting to see happen. Okay, and what's the least favorite part of what you're working on? Nothing. Nothing? Nothing. There's nothing. Mm, well, I can't answer that in one word. I can, I can elaborate on it. But you can elaborate know. on it a little bit. Okay, I think the, like, because we are full-time university students as well, and we're also, I, I think we're full-time Project 90 members as well. I guess it's, it's very difficult to like kind of pick and choose. Like, okay, do I submit my assignment tonight or do I get this, this Project 90 thing done? You know what I mean? Or this, this project thing done. But I think we've become very efficient with our time management. I, I think that's something being part of Project 90 has taught us. But I think picking and choosing like that is really tough. And honestly, like I do want to put Project 90's priority first. But sometimes like I'm like, okay, wait, I, I have to submit it. Otherwise, <laughs> it's going to go very wrong. So uh, I think that's, that's, I wouldn't say my least favorite part, but the, the most difficult part for sure. But yeah, sorry. That was, yeah. That was no, that's very, good. Okay. I would say, say like it's not really a serious situation, but I would say it's just like the timing of it all like there's COVID there's so many things to worry about as in like in a perfect world like the situation we're in right now is in like the perfect world where somebody could just travel somewhere and be 100% sure they can come back right (laughs) like it's out of our control like there's some things we can't control but other than that I love working on the project my next question is where do you see yourself in a couple of years do you see yourself still working on projects like this or somewhere else yes is, that, is it still one word or can we talk? About no, it? you can elaborate as much as you want. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So I think it's definitely become an integral part of my life to work on projects such as this. And like, I don't separate it from like myself at all. Newha comes with work with communities that need it because like, I think finding something that gives you fulfillment is really important in life. And this is what gives me fulfillment and makes me happy. So I, I think I, I do see myself for a very long time 
not precisely working with Prodi90 because it is a university club, but uh, definitely working with, say, NGOs like Hope Ethiopia or NGOs no, not specific to Hope Ethiopia, maybe like NGOs specific to India or other communities that really need it. And how about you, Hannah? Um, I would say same. After graduating, I, I mean, I would hope to support any initiatives that Project 90 has. And I do see myself in volunteering and help, like using my degree to help others. Nuha said, like, I would want to support NGOs, like both in Ethiopia, um, like specific regions, I guess, like from where I come from, because I do know there's also a big need like in Tigray. Or like places like that, just to, I just want to make sure when I'm here and I'm capable of helping that I do help and I just don't use my education just for myself. I think just to add on to that as well, both Hannah and I have kind of seen the underprivileged communities firsthand. Like Hannah has seen the situation in Hope Ethiopia because uh, I am from India. Like I've gone back to India, like for a lot of my family vacations and I've seen like the poverty and like I've seen how uh, people live. And I feel like that's what drives us both to like make a change because we've we firsthand witnessed how hard it can be and how difficult it can be and we've seen like the emotional impact on ourselves and the people around us and the communities facing that right so i think that's the major like aspire burning for us is that we've seen it firsthand and we want to make a difference and we want to make a change no that makes a lot of sense yeah it's all coming together <laughs> <laughs> i got one more question for you guys and it doesn't have to be as brief Obviously, you're working on very global issues that are impacting billions of people the world over. When you look at the state of the world right now, okay, I'll just say this. Usually I ask this question in the context of climate change because the podcast is mainly about climate change. I ask something along the lines of when you look at the world, do you think we can mitigate climate change so that the world doesn't explode in 10 years? But since you guys are working on such a variety of other issues, when you look at the world, I'll just make it a little general. Do you find hope? Yes. Uh, Hannah, do you want to go first or I can go first up to you? You can go first. I'm okay. thinking. <laughs> okay, sounds good. <laughs> Feel free to um, take a second. That's a much more heavy question than the other four. Uh, definitely. Um, I think I definitely do see hope. Just looking around me and the people who have such drive and passion, like to not be selfish. I think that's what really like restores my hope in humanity and for the world is that there are people like I feel like a lot of the bad is highlighted, but there are people who would really want to make a difference. And that's what I've surrounded myself with. Like Project 90 is full of hope. We want to make a difference. We, we want to make an impact in the lives of whoever we can touch. And we're all very driven about uh, what we want to do is make a change, right? I think I definitely do see hope. And we also are targeting like age demographics that need help, right? So we recently did like a charity paint night. We raised $300 for the Calgary Alzheimer's Society. That, that's something that gives me hope. That's something that makes me so proud to be part of Proud Ninety. Like we did that. It's to provide more funding for something that's been looked over by a lot more people, right? So Alzheimer's doesn't have that much funding to like find a cure, find the specific, like what's going wrong, right? Just things like that. Like when we accomplish something that gives me hope, uh, being surrounded by people like Hannah and like our other team members, that gives me hope and being part of Project 9 gives me hope. So I definitely think I'm hopeful, even with the current state of the world. I'm, I'm very optimistic as well. So I do have hope. Like I'm not saying we make like a great difference, but as long as there's, there's young people or even not young people like Hannah and myself and like you who want to make a difference and who want to make a change and who want to highlight these issues and kind of have their voice heard on these issues, there's hope. Take it away, Hannah. <laughs> that was so good. 
Yeah, I think it's the same thing where I do have hope because, again, like I'm working with Project Nani. I'm working with people like Nuha, right? Nuha is, I would say, equally as passionate about this project as I am, where she doesn't have, I would, I guess you could say, like a personal connection to Ethiopia, but she still is able to care as much as I am. And I think that just shows that's hope in itself where we're all able to see and help people who we might not have any connection to, but just to have the passion to help others. And I think that we can see that from in the club. Everybody's excited to help people in different parts of the world. And I think that's what we need. And I think that's what we see with young people today, where people want to make a change. They want to make a difference. So I think we're, we're in a better place than we were, like, I would say, 50 years ago. There's hope, and I think things are going to get better. <laughs> and I think that like passion and drive stems from like empathy, because we do mm-hmm. feel, I guess, the pain of people that we've never met or the people whose shoes that we've never lived in. Like we kind of like feel the struggles that they're going through, or like feel what whatever that's going maybe going through their mind. Like, are we even going to have food for like the next day, or like things like that, right? So we feel that pain, and I think that pain is something that also motivates us. As long as there's empathetic people in the world, there's definitely hope. Well, I think that's a great place to end it on that note. Thank you guys so much for coming on and sharing your project, your experience, and just Project 90 in general. It's been good to learn more about this and see the opportunities that are out there for myself included and and as well as everyone who will eventually listen to this podcast. So I really appreciate you guys taking the time. Thank you for having us. Definitely. We we really appreciate it as well. And we we had a really good time speaking about Project 90 and speaking to you as well. So, yeah. Thank you for giving us the chance to talk about our project. It's fun. Of course. Anything either of you want to add before we sign off here? Project 90 is great. Uh, come join us if you ever come to the University of Calgary. <laughs> that, that's, that's all I have to add. Awesome. Anything from you, Hannah? Um, that's it. Um, follow us on social media. We do have an Instagram page. <laughs> At project90.ufc. Perfect. One more thing. Yeah, I do ask that. Is there somewhere that people should look to find you if they're looking to find you? Yes. Other than that, is there anywhere else? On LinkedIn as well, which is also Project90U Calgary. All right. Well, thanks so much. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Have a great day. And here I am. Like I said, back for the outro. Didn't jump in anywhere. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a bit of a challenge interviewing two people at once, but it was a good experience and definitely something I would want to do again. Again, not a whole lot to say other than, as you can see, you can have an impact. You can make projects come to life. No matter what stage of life you're in, as a student, elementary student, high school student, obviously university student, and beyond that, you can have an impact and you can make tangible change just like Nuha and Hannah are doing. These two women and the rest of Project 90 are an inspiration and they're an example of what you can really get done, even at a large scale, if you put your mind to it. As always, please share the show with one person, let them know what you thought of it, look us up on social media and let us know what you thought of it as well. We read all of your feedback, so don't hesitate to reach out. We love hearing from you. And that's all I've got for today. Stay innovative. I'll see you next week.